This episode of Vic's Basement is brought to you by EB Games. Support us by buying your video games at EB Games. Welcome to my basement, everybody. I just finished typing in 10 seconds on uh, the chat right 10 there. seconds to really what? Me. That was really me until we started. I don't know if the timing is, is right up there. Look, some guy saying, you're not Vic. Vic. That's not Vic. It was me. Vic. I typed it in. Yo. I'm flirting with you. Oh, no. Don't get creepy already. We saved the creepy to the end. Awkward? Awkward, yeah. You know what? We're missing something today, and I don't yes. know. It smells vaguely of a fart in this area. <laughs> and there's all kinds of stains right there. Marissa oh, is in the chat right now. Come on. Marissa's in the chat. She's in the chat. She's at Disney World. She's Disneyland. She's in Disney yeah. Universe. Go ride Space Mountain again, Marissa. Get off the chat. She does have the internet, I guess, at Disney World. That's Thanks. cool. They have That's it. Awesome. They've, Hi, Marissa, we they've miss you. got the internet at Disney World now. She heard you talking about. No, it's about Disneyland. Disneyland. She heard you talking about a stain that she left in the cup. You know, we insult each other, it's and it's it, we, there's so much respect. Yeah, disrespect. <laughs> Maybe from her. She missed uh, the man from Uncle. Yep. Because she's surrounded by um, Disney Infinity figures and maybe some good Star Wars news. I don't know what she's got. I hope she gets some good stuff. You know, uh, I went to Man from Uncle this week. Yeah. Uh, the movie opens today. It yeah. stars our old friend Superman mm -hmm. and uh, the guy who was Lone Ranger's sidekick. Yeah. And uh, I no, sat at the movie. He was Lone Ranger and yeah. sidekick was the other one. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Blake, uh, what hey, now? Sorry, we just started. Uh, it's actually not Marissa in the chat. It's just the iPad you had when you said hi to everyone oh, signed in as Marissa, so I thought it was Marissa's. <laughs> Correction. Hi, Marissa, when you watch this you later. Because those of you watching right now, you see in the chat, it said Marissa Roberto. That's actually Victor Lucas. Oh, that's hilarious. Apologies. This is Vic. Okay. I'm not Marissa. You're making good TV so yes. far. Yes. Well, it's not TV. It's live. It's the internet. Anyway, moving right along, we went yeah. to the movies this week, and you sat two seats away from me, and uh -huh. that hurt. Uh, you used to like to sit right next to me, and you know what happened, though? You know what do. happened? I still do. You know what happened? What happened? Blake sat between us. I know. I don't think I've sat next he's to Blake our, in a movie before. He's our fucking Yoko Ono. <laughs> <laughs> Was Yoko Ono between two men? No. I'm okay. far more talented than Yoko Ono. Uh, anyway, please, please sing us your favorite Yoko Ono song. You look a little like Yoko Ono today. <laughs> so, anyway, anyway, we went to the movies we and uh, we had popcorn. Blake yeah. had no popcorn because yeah. he doesn't like it getting in his teeth. Yeah, he's watching his girlish figure. You know what? I had so much goddamn popcorn in my teeth after that movie. I still have it. I've well, lost. I've I've done everything. I need to go clearly. Get you're those. not doing it right. You both should take my seminar. It's a six tape VHS right. set. Learn how to eat popcorn, you idiots. And uh, we're speaking about popcorn through the man from Uncle because yeah, because we'd rather talk about that. That was the best part of the movie. Yeah, what a bunch of BS this is. And I've had it with Guy Ritchie, and I know you still love him, but you love everybody. I don't. I don't. Love I've had everyone. it. And I don't love Guy Ritchie, but I think he's incredibly it. talented because I loved three of his movies. I loved Lockstock. And, and that he was married to... That's honestly my favorite part. Cher. He, he was, was married, married to Cher. Cher mm -hmm. who, they were also married as a couple to Madonna. Mm -hmm. there was and then Dwayne Allman got involved. In a very strange marriage. Uh, but I, I loved uh, Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. The, the, that movie was terrific. Have you seen the BBC show? I love that too. Nope, that's much better. I have a lot of love in this heart. A lot of, <laughs> I love a lot of things. Okay, and I also loved Snatch. Nope, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, the only good Guy Ritchie no. movie ever. That's a great movie. No. You know why? There's That's like saying that Wes Anderson's only good movie was Bottle Rocket. It really is his only good movie. Wow, what else no. is good? Rushmore. Rushmore was good, yeah. So, okay, right. he's got two good movies. And uh, That's the end of it. Nope, don't go any further because they're all bad. <laughs> no, he did other ones. Tenenbaums, Royal just, Tenenbaums. Oh, I hated the that was Tenenbaums. A great movie. No, it wasn't. Okay. Fantastic Mr. Fox, four, bam. That wasn't Brilliant. even really his movie. That, that was, was animated movie, movie with George Clooney, who should have been in Man from Uncle. Yeah. Oh, there we go. You don't want to talk about it. I'm trying to bring it back yeah, and center we us it around. Again. Yeah, yeah, no, it should have been George Clooney. It yes. just should have been somebody not named Henry Cavill, because he, and I know you want to say the good things about him. I, he, I, I think he's coming along. 
Listen, this isn't a long-term project. This is Hollywood. This is a big movie. There's a lot of money on screen. Get somebody who's qualified to do this. He's not qualified. Twenty-nine years old when he started. Okay. I don't care. No, he doesn't. Just because he's good looking. He's good. No. He was good. He's not good. He's a he's a decent Superman, and he did a good job with his American accent in The Man from Uncle. He still gets time. He gets a pass from me. I'm not going to put my uh, my heat-seeking target, you know, locks on this it's guy. Because he played Superman once, and you he can't. Was good. You can't. He's good as Everything Superman. is your, your, kryptonite your to you. Your problems with Man of Steel do not center around his performance as Superman. No, because he hardly says anything, and most of what he does in the movie is special effect. No. And none of the spe- effects are very he's special. Got some real heart, heartfelt. No, he doesn't. With, he, there's horseshit from one end to the other. One of the worst. Nope. Movies we already reviewed of all time. Please We're reviewing it again. To our earlier <laughs> review of The Man from Steel. Listen. And if you want a good listen, chuckle. Lower your, lower your guns. I don't want to fight with you today. I'm not fighting. I just want to I'm, love you. I, I'm not I want to flirt with you a little bit. I'm not fighting. We're, Hi, just, we're disagreeing on this movie. Something is not between us today. Yeah. Blake, do you want to come sit between us? Uh, no, but I do want to take your side because I also hate I know. Man from Uncle. Yeah, but you know the awkward thing is—is is it is it Guy Ritchie and, and Henry Cavill? Is that who's to blame? When Marissa's here, yeah, most of the time we're just doing this. When we talk to each other, yeah, it's true. Today we don't have to. I can just see you. <laughs> I feel like you're getting more handsome. You know what we need is. Have we, you had work done? I, I have. I went to the Tom Cruise Jesus. School of uh, Alien. I uh, want to find out where that school is located. And I want to go there. Yeah. 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 They have really crazy knives. You know, I've been very panicked about hair loss lately. Can I talk about it for a second? No. Why not? Nobody I'm a middle-aged wants to hear man. About your goddamn that that hair guy loss. wants to hear about my hair loss. He does. He's so nervous about it. He's going to buy the. Company. I'm not. I felt no, less. Listen, let's talk about the man from Uncle. <laughs> all right. All we said was Henry Cavill. Hair club for men. Right. I'm a member. All right. This <laughs> is like a raccoon hat. <laughs> Henry Cavill. Uh, and Guy Ritchie, that's Army all Hammer. we said. And Army yeah. Hammer's great in the movie. Army Hammer is fine. He's acceptable. He's Russian accent. Yeah, he has a I great Russian to, accent. I'm going to chase you. I am I Remind am me, of, remember Midnight Club, that video game from Rockstar, mm-hmm. the racing game? Mm-hmm. I love that game. The second one was my favorite. Mm-hmm. I never finished it. I got to the very last level, and I couldn't do it, and then one night I gave up. Okay. But listen, one, the it's one thing right. I remember... It was a good story. Okay. The one thing I re- remember from, about that game was the guy that you were racing against has a Russian accent. Russian accent. <laughs> Russians as bad guys very popular. So when you lose, which I did yeah. many times before quitting, mm-hmm. uh, the guy in his Russian accent would say the enemy would just, the voice would just come on, your car is slow, perfect for being hit by missile. <laughs> and he said it every time, and I never forgot it. Whenever anything goes wrong in my life, I'm like, your car is slow, perfect for being hit by missile. <laughs> Army Hammer's got that kind of expression. Yeah, and it, he's fun, and I like uh, Alicia Vikander. She's great. She's a very yeah, attractive. I, I loved uh, uh, Ex Machina yeah, earlier in the everybody year. Everybody needs to see Ex Machina. That's definitely one of the <laughs> best movies. It's better than a hundred man from Uncle bullshit. It was one of the best movies of 2015. I, I felt sure. a little let down by the ending though, because I saw Ex Machina very late in the cycle, mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to go into it too much, but I I've been it's told. It's on Netflix already, isn't it? I don't know. I'm not on I Netflix. So. I go right for the HBO. I pay for the whole thing. I okay. don't care. All right. Uh, but I, I, I kept waiting. I kept thinking, well, there's a, a deep mystery here. You know, even the way the movie poster, mm-hmm. uh, it sort of hung this kind of, uh, you know, you, you, there's something that's going to happen here. And it's going to, I thought, like a crying game kind of turn of events. Even and I kept looking at everybody and I kept thinking, well, well, maybe that one lady is actually the doctor. And, and then the guy, who's the guy who always plays the guy with the face and everything? The Oscar guy with that, yeah, Oscar. Yeah. And I thought, well, he's a robot. And then one of these, the other one too. And the so I kept trying to figure it made out. Made you think all the way yeah. until the end. Man from Uncle. Right. I thought of nothing except maybe no. the next time I'm going to eat blueberries. Well, the Man from Uncle, you're thinking those are nice clothes. Those, that's a nice. I that's hope they nice show shot. at least yeah, the candor again. Like, I like those sunglasses. Nice, those yeah, sunglasses, those sunglasses, sunglasses she has. You cool. get those for Ruby. That's a nice car. That was a nice car. That's a nice chopper. So if Henry Cavill. Nice party wasn't in it yeah might have been a better movie i'm blaming he, it i'm on not him. blaming it on him. and i'm blaming guy I, i'm blaming it on the script because oh, they had geez. every every damn thing was kind of ready to make this super cool you're blaming the writer that's such an asshole which, thing to which do which is guy ritchie 
Yeah, okay. All right. He's I'm one sure of the he did not write it. I'm He's sure. One of the writers. I'm sure there were 15 one of, writers. One of the 900 people that they That's had far from the, the worst no, problem because, in this no, movie. No, it isn't because they didn't have. Honestly, we talk about this with the, the hero movies that we see all the time. The villain is, is superfluous. We don't really know them. We don't care about them. They don't really create menace. They're just injected into the movie to try to, you know, push plot forward. And it doesn't matter. There's Are you no happy? We, you, got, you got the superheroes already. You're there. Now we're there. No, no. I'm, now I'm we're on superheroes. This is what we talk about in all these superhero movies. The villain is incredibly important, and that's true. I mean, this, these are superheroes. These are larger-than-life heroes in this movie. My point... With nothing to do because the, the villains are meaningless. My point was this. I like yeah. a good spy movie. I haven't Me really too. seen one in a, in a long time. Yeah. Uh, I know you love Mission Impossible. I don't like the, that series of movies. So I haven't seen it yet. At some point, someone will force it into my eyes. Uh, I'm not looking forward to that. I'm too not much espionage. I'm not looking forward to that. Stuff. It's more but listen, I kept thinking... Uh, and this is what happens when you're seeing a bad movie. You keep thinking of other movies. Sure. And for sure, I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking of Casino Royale. We talked about it a little bit after yeah. our review. Yeah. Uh, Casino Royale was a movie that took us to places we'd been to before. We'd gone to Europe, we've gone to castles, we've gone to we've been in men's rooms before, you know, but we've never quite seen these places place after place. We've been on a train before. We've yeah. met women on trains before in movies. Yeah. We've never done it quite like the way that they did it in this movie. And yeah. every moment, every scene, every step of the way is just, you can feel them fighting for that originality. Mm -hmm. And in this movie, I just feel Guy Ritchie fighting for banality. He just, you know, even at the very end, the climax of the movie takes place on an aircraft carrier that feels like nobody's excited to be on it. Guy Ritchie's not excited to be shooting on it. No one wants to act on it. Yeah. We're on a fucking aircraft carrier in the middle of the ocean. Could it be more anonymous? Could it be more banal? Could it be more meaningless? And I just, even Blake at that point, sitting between us, our movie-going partner, let out an audible groan. Yeah. Me, oh, I, I farted. I was groaning the whole time. Don't yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I, I figured out what I hated most about the movie last night. I was thinking about this. Mm -hmm. And do you know how in most spy movies, uh, you know, this, the plot is usually very complicated. You don't know quite what's going on. There's already always double crosses and triple crosses. But there's always one central character who you always along the ride for the ride with, like who's always, like you never know more than that character knows. Yeah. So when that character learns something, you learn that something, right? Yeah. Uh, when he figures out he's being double crossed, the audience figures it out. Yeah. There's no character like that in this movie. At at no point is there any character who we can ever identify with as being as in the loop as we are as the audience. Like, they're, they're, like, all the main characters at, at multiple points throughout the film always know something that we don't. And right. that's a really bad thing to have in a spy movie. Like, you think of, like, think of every John Le Carre or Le Carre novel or movie based on a novel. The, the central character never knows more than the audience does. This is a different kind of a movie, though. This is, this is trying to be a, uh, a populist summertime popcorn munching. Then it should be even light more like spy. It should be thing. even. It should do that even more. Well, it should definitely borrow more from the Jason Bourne template. Yeah. Not half-ass it, which yeah, is what think, it did. Think about Jason Bourne. If you look at Casino Royale, which we hold to this high honor, the reason why it works so wonderfully is because it honors the. Uh, history of James Bond in a pretty meaningful way with its really glossy production values and its steady camera moves and its uh, you know Im impeccable direction from Martin Campbell but it also injected this ferocity that Jason Bourne said it's okay for moviegoers to see this in a spy movie and that's uh, the the, uh, the first Craig Bond movie was an exact uh, answer to all of the Jason Bourne madness that we had seen and it was done perfectly and also, Eva Green was the other X factor. Oh man, I am in love with her. She was fantastic. Woo! She was fantastic, and you felt the the heat from the two characters, and you thought it was a real thing. Heat. I'm and watching now, that movie, and I'm just like, oh my god, and, I, I can't believe that one's real. From, and you, that's missing from Man from Uncle. You know, they they had a. Every, it's missing they, everything. They had the cast. It has to be able nothing to, to go that extra mile, but they had a weak script with even terrible the little bits. And, you know, even the little bits. Uh, it's so humorless, even though there are sort of moments when they give a They're wink to the audience instead of actually trying to make humor. 
and they think, well, maybe this will, and you can just, it's so forced. Yeah, and it none is. of it's it feels organic. So and yeah. it's just like, it shouldn't be that hard for you guys to make a joke right now. And yeah. they try to make a joke and it falls flat. And you can just feel the whole audience collectively making this sound. It sure, it sure looks good though. You know? you know, fuck good looks. It Who sure cares? Good, Who I, gives I think a shit? I applaud all the people that put all that stuff. I don't together. care. I don't and, care. And, I, have, I value and, character and I value story. And, I don't give a shit about the rest and of and it. Honestly, if you see the second Sherlock Holmes movie, you can see that Richie's losing it. You know, he had a real he had a real shot. He to lost make that it when he divorced Cher. I, <laughs> he really should have stayed with her. Well, I mean, he's got the ability. I I still firmly believe in the dude. But he's, he made one good movie. He's lost it. No, I disagree. What else is going on this week? Uh, Didn't some other movie open? Oh, uh, straight out of Compton, but we have striptease. Yeah. Um, Anybody asking us any questions? Uh, not yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're already at the bottom. Well, Good night, everybody. I wondered if anybody. No. What's going on with you, though? What's going? What, what are you consuming at home? You got a lot of transition stuff uh, going on in your life. You got a lot of pressures right now. You're hiding it well. That's what I love about you. He's a great actor. So, well, this what is, are you doing for this your is, escape? This is my escape right here. Well, this. you're going to work, and um, that's your escape. But what are you consuming right now? Uh, Mega Man and Rare Replay. There's a lot of retro gaming going on right now. Okay, is it my turn now? Uh, no, and uh, I'm, I didn't review Witcher 3, so I'm slowly working through Witcher 3. And uh, I'm playing... Uh, I'm playing Batman and uh, Splatoon. I got a full plate of games right now. I'm playing lots of Seems stuff. Seems like most of that meal has been eaten. No, I'm still eating a lot of it. <laughs> There's not yeah. that much on the plate. You've been eating this plate for goddamn three months now. <laughs> you listen to me. I went back to a game that we maligned very late in 2014. Yeah. And I'm trying to get into it. And uh, it's Sunset Overdrive. Yeah. Trying to find ways to love my Xbox One. And we yeah. talked a little bit about the backwards compa compatibility, I think, in a, one of the news chats, I think, on the show. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just keep thinking, why didn't I, I not appreciate this game? What, what went wrong here? Where did, the, where did the train leave the tracks? Was it me? So hard. Was it Insomniac? Yeah. Was it a little of the both of us? So I went back to it, and uh, I've been I've been I've been sort of chipping away at that. Yeah, I'm about 20, 25 percent of the way through that. A lot of people loved that. that game. A lot of people did love it. A lot of people did. Even though we didn't review it, it was Ben and Jose, I think, that reviewed, and they both really dug uh, it. Well, we've reviewed it kind of because we've had conversations about it, and I remember you expressing a dislike for it. I've just, I you know, I've tried to go back to it a couple times too. I I I can appreciate the mechanics because they're solid insomniac mechanics. It's just the that that sort of contrived humor that's laid up on top that just pulls me away. It just feels like it's everything's a joke, so it doesn't matter, you know. And so all of this time that you're spending, you're constantly reminded that it doesn't matter. It's all just a big joke. Ha ha! It's so fun to blow up these these uh, soda pop addicted mutants. Ha ha! But it's not real. It's a video game. Here's a bunch of records that you can. Share I I day. think that's a valid point. I, I I do agree, and I and I do think that. It's something that maybe a company like Pixar, uh, they'll do a, an animated movie and a lot of it will be silly and pointless and meaningless, but they always sort of circle back to some heart somewhere, something right. authentic, something right. genuine. And I don't think that's going to happen here. I'm not f that far. I haven't finished the game. I'm not far enough to know. Yeah. But uh, you're right. I think that's a, that's that makes it hard to like because you you feel like what you're playing is not a video game, but you're playing a joke about a video game. Yeah. And uh, but Matt I will Hazard used to run into that stuff too. I will say, well, <laughs> you can you could have mentioned that's like mentioning dust that blew away a long time ago. <laughs> well, it was the same Duke Nukem. I mean, like I think that these things. Yeah, but Duke Nukem was enjoyable, and I felt like it has one, a good sense of first one, place because it was kind of unique and it came out of nowhere. Yeah, and it just became a a contrived joke because everything was a joke. Everything yeah. was, you know, it's it it, it it's. It's Remember hard you can enough drink to water from the toilet yeah. to get health. Yeah. It's hard enough to Pro tip. you know find the freedom in your life to just devote lots and lots of time to games and there's lots of choices to do that and to feel like you're getting something rich and rewarding without developers throwing on this extra layer of you're wasting your time, you know. And well, that's I one of the challenges that putting comedy into a game like that, which is kind of poking fun at not just its own silliness, but the genres and the and the stuff that you've loved before, you know, like, 
I think it's it's really dangerous. But all of these genres, at some point, they go sour. Yeah, they do, and I think there's there's always. I mean, look, look, you know, Saints Row is an interesting thing. They made yeah. a lot of money See, from that. that. But That's it's the same parody. thing, though, That's right? Great parody. It's parody. Yeah, and I just I feel like it's very challenging to make a genuinely funny right. video the game. The South Park game. That Nobody. Also I mean, you're basically just playing an episode of the show. Yeah. You know. I mean, so. But I don't know. The, the humor is uh, is very sophisticated, mm -hmm. even though uh, we. we sometimes don't think of it as sophisticated. And I think we're still kind of figuring out how to bring humor to bear mm -hmm. in video games. And I, you know, I, I think of games, um, I, I, I try, you know, I try to think of games that were really, I don't think I've ever really sat in my living room laughing out loud at a game. Once in a while I might get a line yeah. or something, but then you're right, the Sunset Overdrive thing, I just feel like they wrote this like it was supposed to be funny. There's a self-awareness, but almost too much self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. And you just kind of can't connect the, connect the circuit, yeah, I mean, circuitry. If you want the, a great example of almost the same thing, but taken to a really fantastic level, it's Borderlands. You know, they're they're poking holes in this stuff all the time. They're poking holes. Oh, in I don't the, remember in the laughing in Borderlands. But you remember laughing? Some really funny. Yeah, there's some really funny character bits and some moments. You know, yeah, honestly, absolutely. now that I think about it, I don't know if I've ever laughed <laughs> in my life. I'm like a you sad should, clown. You should look into that. It's good. You make people laugh. I just want to make you laugh. Aww. Aww. So listen, we spent a little time with your daughter this week. Mm -hmm. uh, she's an impressive creature. She's something else, huh? Yeah, we rode the bus together yep. a couple days ago. Yep. And uh, I cannot believe the good job you're doing as a dad. Well, thanks, so pal. far, so good. Thanks, pal. You know? You don't, you don't look at, uh, yeah, I don't see you straining underneath the weight of being a dad. It's a gift, man. Because most of the dads I know, Drunk all the time. They're just like you know mowing the lawn with no shirt on, and I don't see that from you. I feel so lucky and blessed to have her and to have my life, and you know I really do. I do. I did anyways, but I feel like I won a lottery with my kid. You know I think she's amazing, and uh, uh, thank you. Mm -hmm. I I don't. She's not work. She's. She's oh, it looks like work, man. There's times when it, there's moments of work or there is some frustration or whatever, but yeah, man, she's, she's really a lot of joy mm -hmm. in my world, absolutely. Yeah. It's she's like starting that. to get into the, the, some of the stuff that I dig. You know, she's paying attention to all of that stuff. There's, she must be excited there's a new Zelda coming. Yeah, and I, I, she knows about the Disney Infinity characters and stuff like that. I told her that Marissa's down in... Uh, at Disneyland and she's interviewing people about stuff and she's like is she gonna get some of those toys for the show for the for the yep. pieces that you're gonna put in well just that she didn't say pieces but she's starting to see pieces that's TV talk for story yeah she's starting to see what we do she's starting to understand well, that I'm we hoping have to go and have these conversations and and review these things. I she she asked me, are you reviewing that game daddy? You know it's like incredible. I don't want to say this in front of Marissa but Ruby could replace her. Okay. So we'll just keep that between <laughs> okay. us. All right. Yeah, we won't say anybody no. anything, all right? Uh, but yeah, good job on that front. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my cat's diarrhea is gone. <laughs> Phew! Yep. So I think it's gone. Anyway, he was in bed last See, night. Why don't they turn cat's diarrhea into a weapon in Sunset Overdrive? <laughs> it probably right? isn't unlockable. Up the cat, turn it upside yeah, that's down. That's true. The ass first. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right God. there, okay? Making you laugh. <laughs> that is a pretty good one. That was a pretty good one, Vic. All right. Okay, I have some questions. Okay. Yeah, what do you got, buddy? Uh, ZMD113, yeah. I guess 1112 must have been taken. Yeah. Uh, he asks, are you ready for the new NHL 16? Yes, very much. I'm looking forward to that game very much. I'm American, so I am not. <laughs> we, we just ran Vic's interview with NHL 16 producer. Sean Ramajan Singh. Ram Ramjag Singh. Yeah. Uh, on EPN.TV, which uh, you can check out. We should call him uh, Sean uh, Next Strain. Yes, because he's very tall. That's Sean what? Next Strain. Next Strain? Yeah. Oh, me, Next Strain. Yeah, tell me, I tell me you, again. People watching that interview thought, like, are, are you a midget? <laughs> because, I mean, if he's normal, then you would be. But no, Vic is normal height. Sean is just... Really I told tall. Sean that when he does these interviews with, with you know, people like uh, Tommy, who's very small... <laughs> There's really not much to him. Once I saw a strong wind blow up and blew Tommy right up in a tree. 
he just stayed there for a while until <laughs> the fire department came to get him down. But listen, I told Sean to, uh, to start carrying around a bottle of ketchup when he does these interviews. Yeah. And then just during the course of the interview, just spill a little ketchup on the person who's interviewing you. And the person will say, oh, why, why, now I have this ketchup on me. And Sean will say, oh, sorry about that. And just keep spilling ketchup on them. Can say that why? you think they were a hot dog? No, because he's going to eat them eventually. Oh, I So see. he's seasoning them with his <laughs> giant's ketchup. But Sean said, Sean said. They should put Sean in the next Dragon Age. What he should mean? be the final boss in <laughs> NHL 17. Uh, Vic, did you play NHL 16 when you interviewed? I did. It was a blast. I played against Steve, I think, Steve Tilly. And I crushed him. What about that one last year, though? You threw it in the garbage. I was just pissed because so much was missing, but it was still a beautiful game. They That's how I job. feel about my sex life. Right. So much is missing. So much is missing. No, but they and did I threw a, it in the garbage. They did a wonderful job, and then they had a lot of make goods after the fact, and people, I think, turned, turned around. But it, it's the way that they do this in every console transition, right? Everything comes out, and then everything goes back in, and then they... They block in a little bit of extra stuff to kind of get us all hyped. Have we gone away from the, uh, you know, the game's going to be finished later, but buy a copy of it now? No. No, that's a big part I of it. I mean, that was a big problem with EA last year. I think this year they're way further along on all of their franchises. They're all going to look better. They're all going to play better. Mm -hmm. They're all going to have uh, more accessibility, which I think has been an issue that we've discussed quite a bit on the shows. Um, I, you know, the proof will be in the pudding. We didn't play the Rory McIlroy game, and apparently it's it wasn't great. But uh, um, I, I, from what I've seen of what, mm -hmm. what EA Sports is doing this year, I'm excited. Yeah. And the hockey game looks terrific. And you know, I know you've booked the last week of August off, so just you and Madden alone in a room, <laughs> as no, usual. As Ben and Jose are doing that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, the NFL stuff just intimidates me. Even though I, I, I think this one's going to be more approachable and more accessible because it seems to be the, uh, the front from EA Sports right now. It seems to be what their mandate is. Uh, NFL rules and all this stuff and all the buttons that you use and all the play calling and all that stuff, it just seems more and more like i got to go to football school every time I love it's that It's so soccer. fun though, you can play as Tom Brady in this year's version. Yeah. And, which and means he's out, right though? No. He's you can lower the pressure inside the footballs. Shut up. And throw better passes to everybody. Then you get to go home and play a special mini game where you have sex with your supermodel wife. Okay. So that's, that that's in this year. That would be huge. Uh, yeah. That, that should have been a bullet point. Yeah. Is that a hidden feature? I mean, I know about it, okay. but I, I'm very connected. Okay. Okay. Um, AJ Pam, mm -hmm. uh, or Aja Pam, wants to know how uh, how to goaltend in Rocket League. I don't know if you guys oh, have been Jesus. playing Rocket League. I've, I've played it. I don't know how to goaltend in the, Rocket the best, League. Well, I have, yeah. and I've been doing Well, Mr. Precision in the chat is a really good goaltender. Is he? Because, yeah, whenever I play with him, he does a very good job of keeping you, the ball. Do you all net. play as individual cars? Uh, yeah. So everybody's their own vehicle, yeah. and you got to play as a team, and you're yeah, coordinating for voice Yeah, there's usually chat. teams of three. I've only played it to test it, and yeah. I, I loved it, but I, I haven't had the online pleasure uh, yet. My goaltending advice would be to keep the ball, keep the camera locked to the ball. There's yeah. a, there's a mode, cam, two camera modes, one where you're just looking in front of you, and one where the camera's already always targeted on the ball. Right. I would keep it on that, and uh, you got to check this game out, man. It's amazing. I don't want to play it. It's amazing. You yeah, like Diadar? I. I did like I don't. Yeah, Rocket League. I liked it for like ten minutes, though. Then I moved on. No, the thing about those games is you go back to them and you appreciate them again. You know, they're like. I don't want really, to play really with other good. people, though. Right, it's true. I'm like and a solitary guy. And you don't want to laugh. I don't want to laugh either. So, so don't try to. You. Don't, you're making me laugh today. Learned so much about. I you asked today. you not to do it. All right. That might answer the next question I okay. had. Uh, Vagabond Knights was going to ask Scott, "Will you ever accept PSN requests, specifically to help you in Bloodborne?" And I guess that's a no. That's a no. Okay. I mean, I got to do it myself, otherwise. I'm not. Why am I, I don't even this? have you on my PSN. Yeah, I, I don't really accept anybody's friend request. I think I have you on. There. I don't even know how people know my name on I PSN. I think I have you on there. Yeah, you're on there. You're yeah. always signed in, playing some shit. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> playing Batman again. No. Okay, uh, Luke the Drifter yeah. asks, "Hey Victor, I'm curious. How extensive is your video game collection?" Do you collect vintage or retro games, or do you like to stay current? Well, that's a, I'll answer this one. All those things are absolutely true. Vic collects everything, and he just had his video game collection assessed professionally yeah. at $1 billion. So, <laughs> By Donald Trump. That's right. It's actually $1 billion of his $10 billion net worth. $1 billion. Because 
Yeah, enough about Donald Trump. Yeah, no, uh, I have a lot of games. Tons and tons and tons of games. They date way back to uh, a lot of Genesis. I've got... Uh, no weird thing, though. Can Atari we? 2600, 800. You have everything. Lots of stuff. You got the Virtual Boy. Got the vir- two I came in today boys. to work. Vic's got the Virtual Boy on, two virtual looking boys. around. Yep. He's like, you know what I see through this hole here and this hole? The future. <laughs> but you know, the, the weird thing about video game collection is... Uh, and I went through a period where I was really sick and I, was th- I threw away a lot of stuff. But whenever you part with any, and I know you don't do this, but whenever you part with a game, you'll feel some sort of craving later for it and you'll wonder why you threw it away. Instant regret, yeah. But then it goes away. Yeah. And then it goes away and you're like, oh, I know why I threw that away because that game sucked and I'm never playing it again. But yeah. you will experience, I don't know if it's just me, I don't know if other people feel it, but the pangs of regret that you threw something that seemed really meaningless and pointless yeah. away and you just, I don't know, every now and then I'll put a game back in and I'll think, well, I'm so glad I didn't throw this away and I'll start playing. I'm like, why do I still own this? It still stinks. Yeah, but you're, yeah. you're counting the seconds quite a bit these days. Before like. what, my end? Yeah, it my feels tie, like you're, you're constantly reminding us of how life is short. And I, I don't know why we have to carry around so much shit. Like, I, who needs this shit? I think it's fascinating, man. Like, we started doing some of these classic cartridge reviews these, this year. I live in an apartment. You live in a house. That's you true. have room to have all this shit. Yeah. I don't. And I, I moved out here. I brought all these. I brought boxes of books like an asshole. Yeah. Like, who reads books anymore? Well, here's the, here's the other thing. I brought video. them all out here. I didn't want to let my books go. I have this guy on Instagram that is a collector. Uh, I think it's CJR. Really interesting photos because every week he goes out to all the um, the garage sales in the, in the city that he lives in. Mm-hmm. And uh, he takes pictures of all of his finds. And he always has these huge, you know, collections of uh, old NES games and things like that. He always does very well. And then he posts them. And I've seen, he's got a house, obviously, and I've seen his basement uh, stuff, and it's, it's really impressive. And, and here's the thing about these physical collections is that we are on the precipice of the, the physical media kind of going away for good. So there's a finite sort of... The end is near. ...of collecting this stuff. So there is a, there is a like, it's probably going to be Sid Bolton. He's going to have everything that's been made in this space. Or some guys like that, Mike Micah or something like that. They're going to have all of the, the physically, you know, crafted cartridges and discs and things that are out there. And that's a weird thing to think about. It's like that shit won't get made for very much longer. And you can kind of feel that that's what we're moving towards. Yeah, I, for sure. I think that's absolutely true. But I don't know if I want to be, I, you know, fine if Sid wants to carry it around or you want to carry it around yeah. or Mike Michael wants to carry yeah. it around. But I don't, want, I don't think I want to carry it around. Well, what's interesting about it, especially from my perspective, is that I, I see the opportunity to build really cool stories around all of this stuff. You know, I feel... Um, also, you're a collector. I'm a collector. You're but a I, demon I, collector. I, if I w- wasn't a collector, EP never would have come into being. You know, if I if I didn't see the value in the ongoing discussion uh, to you know preserve the the heritage. If I had just done a show like every other shitty video game show that I'd seen and still see. About the game and just like hyping game after game after game. So you're saying X play? No, it's just that there's more. I'm not dissing X play. X play, got it. There's more to this stuff than just talking about the 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 finished good. There's a lot of stories all the way in there, and they start with the developers that have the crazy dream to to put this stuff together. I'll give you an example. Like we're the uh, the Mega Man uh, Legacy Collection, which we're going to review pretty soon. Um, I've taken a pretty deep dive into this thing, and all of the museum uh, pieces that are in there, Digital Eclipse assembled all this stuff, and these guys are the experts at porting these things like crazy. Uh, but they got a lot of the old um, uh, sort of promo art and the character art and the, um, the sketchbook stuff that they did to kind of create yeah, and craft these things. Yeah, it's all there. Incredible. Like, they were absolute geniuses building the design sort of layouts for these characters. They built something that was, um, you know, very cartoony and very calculated to be accessible and to be kid-friendly and marketed that way in Japan. But in the States and in North America and Europe, they changed everything to make it look a little more sleek and sci-fi and mature Mm -hmm. and violent. And it's really fascinating to dive through and look at all of that artwork. And I tried to imagine what it would feel like from the Japanese developers to see their 
are interpreted that way, and I think they probably got a big kick out of it. I'm mm -hmm. sure that there were some things that they didn't like, but it must be kind of cool to build this indelible, you know, character and these this this raft of characters and see them kind of taken in by the world and imagined in different ways like this. But to play those games again. And to also know that KG Inafune is working his ass off right now to build this uh, mighty number no. nine, it's it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, man. The uh, I, I mean, it, clearly we're going through a change, like all mediums, and we're moving away from. You're right, the physical stuff. We're losing it. Yeah. And there is something interesting when you see a cartridge, and if you haven't seen a cartridge and you haven't touched a cartridge in a while, it's yep. fun when you. I mean, I have them around my house, but I don't always know where they are. I'm not organized the way you are, but the, um, um, I think it's fun to see them. Do I want to hook up my Nintendo 64 and yeah. play them again? Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, yeah. I actually have this, and if you want it, let, let me know. And also, if you're willing to part with a lot of money, but I have a shrink-wrapped uh, Perfect Dark. Yeah, uh, N64. Still in the box. Yeah. And I don't know what to do with it. I don't yeah. even know why I leave it in the shrink wrap. But I, this is that's the only vague kind of collector thing I've ever done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I am very interested in arcade machines. Mm -hmm. um, I wish I knew how to repair them. Our our friend uh, Steve Lynn, who who used to live here in Vancouver, he knows how to repair them and know, knows how they work. But I have no idea, and I have a like sort of a. A, a, long, a long distance kind of relationship with arcade machines, but I don't I don't Dude. love them enough to want to pull them in and like start working on circuitry boards. If, if I had the money, EP would be based in an arcade in Vancouver. Absolutely, 100%. If anybody out there wants to invest in that, let me know, but I would absolutely most, love to do that. If people, Donald Trump is watching. If Donald Trump, yeah. Most of the people who remember arcades are dead. So <laughs> I know, but that would, that is the, that's the opportunity. That is the, uh, the potential to do something incredibly cool. Yeah, but it's I funny. Think it would be amazing to to capitalize on that opportunity, you know, and to but it's, show off all that It's funny stuff. to look at those things now because it's kind of, you look at an arcade machine and it's kind of like those old uh, Victrola, you know, re record <laughs> things with the big horn on it, or it's kind of like a monocle, or it's kind of like the, the bike with the big wheel in the front and the little one in the back. Like, Not why all did, of them. Did, is this the way we used to play our video games on these things? Not like, that's crazy. Them. I know. It's, it's crazy. You could do something really amazing with VR and arcade machines, you know, where the, you didn't have to strap everything over your head and everything. They just had it all set up properly so you could just walk in and look around like those old sub-hunt type games. And build a whole enclosed environment and put in gloves and shit like that. Listen, I feel like you should wear your VR goggles for the first time here on, on the Vic's show, basement? on the show, okay. you know, I think we'll plan on it. Okay. I mean, uh, the Oculus is coming out in early 2016. Yes. Uh, and I don't know if we're going to get anything sooner, but Vic and will. I'll, I'll wear them and just describe the experience. Yeah, and then that. you'll stay in them for the whole show. That'll be scintillating. And then Vic, at some point, Vic will, Vic will nod off with the goggles on. He'll be like, Vic, Vic, we're still doing a show. Uh, Have so, you had some ideas about what would be the perfect VR video game? I don't know. I mean, I feel, it's such a it's a wild west right now, mm -hmm. and I, you know, and I think everybody's nervous and everybody's excited, and it does. I, you know, I kind of feel... I just thought of one. Like, just well, look, can I you. just keep going? No, I just, I have to get this out. Or I'll, I'll forget it. All right, we'll do it okay. then. Go ahead. All right. Uh, what, what was the uh, 20,000 Leagues or whatever? Yeah. Where they shrunk? Jules Verne? No. You mean the one where... Yeah. Fantastic Voyage. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. Voyage. What about it? <laughs> Shoot right into your eyeball. Right Wait into a your second. bloodstream. Tiny little ship. Look around. Wouldn't that be crazy? That's crazy, Vic. Yeah. It's the another... side of a human body. That's Vic's crazy idea of the day. Make it happen. Thank uh, you, Vic. VR a psychologist would love to psychoanalyze what you just said. Like that you want to be the inside air. another person's body. A human being? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be amazing. I think it's, you know, I think we're coming up on maybe what might be what, maybe the most interesting year we've ever had in video games because right. there's a lot of money po being poured into certain things, not everything anymore, the uh -huh. way that it used to be poured. And we're going to see a lot of big changes, and we're going to see those changes in 2016. All that stuff they've been working on for a couple of years. Yeah, it's suddenly going from quiet to green light. Yeah, and you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm feel optimistic about this. Me too. Okay, I want to switch topics now because well, you're well, talking that was about a fun 2016. One. That is a good topic. Um, I had a thought about. Um, I think everybody. How was Babby made? No, Star Wars and uh, versus and, Star Trek and I got Batman. It. 
Okay, Star Wars and Batman right now. Arguably... Like, these are your two things you always talk no, no, about, no, week in and week the, out. But the movies are now the crux of a decade of industry for Warner Brothers and for Disney. Okay. These two mm. movies that are coming up. No, they've diversified going. enough. No, but... Warner Brothers if, has has a, has Harry Potter. Man yeah, Uncle. I get it. Yeah, no, they have other things for sure. And Disney has Marvel and all that stuff. But if Star Wars is not good, I think your doubts of it's going to be it's going to be watchable. A, a lot of money. It's going to be watchable but, in a J.J. Abrams kind of watchable way. But if way. it's not, good, that's it. If it's not, it actually, actually does it have to be great? Does it have to be great? Because they're not. It's not. They're not just talking about. Eight and nine. They're talking about uh, live-action TV shows. About, and look at it this way: the three Star Wars prequels yeah. were three of the worst movies ever made. Uh, is that going to happen still, again? Though? No, it's not going to happen again. We still got an entire like franchise worth of stuff out of just those movies: right. TV show, animated TV shows, merchandising, video games, comics, but lots of stuff. Would we do that again? Yes. I don't. You know, mm. I'm th- sitting here thinking about. You know, I'm trying to think of the last movie. And maybe I'm just not being very smart today, but uh, the last movie that really had that kind of, uh, you know, it didn't really just cater to, you know, just us, but it catered to everybody. And, you know, I can't, the first, the only movie that's popping into my head for some reason is Avatar, where it was definitely a nerd thing, it was a 3D thing, and yet it seemed like everybody went to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you have moments like that. I don't know if you, I don't know. Like, well, Star Wars looks like it will be that moment. But I, I don't know, Vic. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know what I still need from the Star Wars universe. I feel like I got a lot of satisfaction from it. I got a lot of video games. I had a lot of fantasies about it. Yeah. And it, is there another story that might feel meaningful? Will it feel epic? Will I re- still care about these characters? Will I still believe that they are George Lucas's characters, even though he doesn't own them anymore? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It feels like it's just, it could just be a J.J. Abrams, you know, fill in the blanks, you know, kind of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. some rug pull out from underneath, some great special effects. That's not enough for me. That's yeah. not enough for me. If you're not going to make a movie that's at least as good as the worst movie, according to you, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Then let's not do it at all. Like, I don't need a, another banal well, Star Wars movie. The worst movie out of the first trilogy. Yeah, the yeah. first well, out of the, out the right. Of the only trilogy. Out of, <laughs> out of all three Star but, Wars I mean, look what J.J. Abrams, look, look what he did to Star Trek. I mean, he did his best, and he did a gr- pretty great job, and he got great people, and he made one really pretty good Star Trek movie, and then it just seems somehow meaningless now. And I'm yeah. afraid that's what's going to happen in the long run with Star Wars. Yeah, I don't see, need any more this, meaninglessness this is what with I've Star been, Wars. I've been, I don't think that. But I guess that's the concern that we all have. I think that we all, in the back of our minds, as fans, don't want to be let down by that. And also, the, you know, the, it, it all rests on Snyder and Affleck now for all of these Justice League movies. Like, if that movie isn't good, how the hell are people going to care about the Suicide Squad and the... Green Lantern solos and like if they don't deliver this and it's it's really like we know what Cavill's going to do already, but if Snyder and Affleck aren't great and on totally on point and now the hype bubble is starting to percolate, the this guy's definitive. No, you're none right. Of that's you're gonna, right. None of that's going to matter after I, that. The only the only one I trust in that realm is Joss Whedon, and yeah. I trust those guys who did the Captain America movie, the last the one. Russos, yeah. yeah, I like those guys. And that's all I trust at this point. I don't know about Zack Snyder. He's made some okay movies. He's made some bad movies. And I don't know about Ben Affleck. He's made some okay movies. He's made some bad movies. Put, put yourself in the shoes of J.J. Abrams right now. Okay. How much pressure do you feel? This is not the first time today that I've been in the shoes <laughs> okay. of J.J. Abrams. Put, put you, how much pressure do you feel? I don't know if you feel... Because this is the weekend that maybe some new Star Wars stuff filters out. They're, they said that they weren't going to show, but maybe something yeah, does. Yeah, for those who don't know, D23, the Disney Expo, is happening today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Yeah. So there might be new Star Wars footage and stuff announced. There might not be. You know what, guys? I, I, I love... I think J.J. Abrams is a terrific artist. Yeah. I think he is. I think he has great vision. I think he's very ambitious. I think he works super hard. But I don't, 
And I, I really saw him as a young Spielberg, I mean, at the start of his career, but now he's kind of like a fill-in-the-blank, resuscitate these old franchises guy. And it's yeah. like, why is this... his own stuff. Yeah, why yeah. are you doing this? Why aren't you making stuff that's original? Because I mean, Alias, we were huge fans of. Huge fans. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you, and you look at Spielberg and you just go through, like, movie after movie. It's just like, Jesus Christ, what can't this guy he do? He invented himself all the he, time. Yeah. Over and over yeah. again. And he made a couple duds here and there. But for yeah. the most part, that's an electric movie Still resume. up to that. Up to now, for you know, sure. Current stuff is and JJ. I'm just like, well, okay, he's the guy we bring in, and it's just like, come on, Star Wars, you can come back to life. Yeah. It's like I think that's a shit role for him. I think yeah. he deserves better. I think he's t- he's too much of an artist to be stuck doing this. Yeah, and it's not like it's a bad job or anything, but I feel like I want him to do it. I just wish he w- was making his own thing. You know, I know it's hard, and we're doing a lot of. You know, let's do one more of these. Let's squeeze this a little harder. See if we can get another drop of juice out of it. It's just like I, I, I'm well, s- I know that's the era we live in. Well, we also, I, I think, don't want to be let down by the potential that does that, that truthfully exist in all of this stuff. You know, and the the challenge that they've got to make with both of these properties is that the stuff we can see in our heads is better than the stuff that they can realize. You know, but hopefully. That doesn't turn out to like, be the case. But I, I just, I've been thinking about the pressures that those two guys have. I don't know. If I think it's, the, it's in the wake of, uh, you know, the Fantastic Four, Josh Trank blow up, and the Guy Ritchie not being able to sort of, you know, follow through on the potential. JJ Abrams works with some incredibly talented people, mm-hmm. and there's no way that you're going to put the, that group together and not get something interesting on the far side of it. Do But do I personally want it? Yeah. I don't. You know, I, th- I, sh- I just before I saw Ant Man a couple of weeks ago, after I watched all the commercials for all the other shit in the world, uh, finally there was a trailer for Star Wars, and to see it on a big screen, I just thought, you know, you're right. I mean, you just said it right now. Like, there's a Star Wars movie that's always will play in my head every day, yeah. from morning to night, and what I'm seeing is interesting. But I've had 30 years to make this Star Wars movie in my head, so whatever you give me is going to feel like a little bit of a disappointment. And as soon as I get that big, long, you know, tattooy, kind Tatooine. of Tatooine kind of uh, desert landscape, and you see the star, you dist- correct them. It's, it's not Tatooine in the movie. What so and it? then it's, a di- it's a different planet called Jakku. It's oh, Jesus Christ. Right? It's the spirit of Rob Cobble. Jack so off. <laughs> but then you see the yeah. star destroyer crashed into it. I'm just like, I don't know. I, it just this feels wrong. Like the special, there's too much special effects now. It's like okay, you can make one crash there, and I know it's just goddamn CG. But, no, no, but who he, gives he a shit? He built a lot of practical stuff. I don't care. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I want you know if if the movie is not going to be better than at least Return of the Jedi, I, I don't want it. I don't know who these new people are. Are you going to make me meet new Star Wars people? I've got Star Wars people that are still living in my head from the 1977. The reason they're doing that and showing you the new characters is because they want to avoid people like you who are afraid of it just being a, a nostalgia catch and they want to show people something new. Yeah. So they're showing them the new characters. I, I mean, I understand why they're doing all of this. I'm just saying from a personal, my own personal vantage point, I'm not sure I want or need any of it. I'm not sure I need to see a Star Destroyer I crashed think, into you, fake tattooing. You know what, and I think this is the perfect attitude to go into the movie with. <laughs> no, I really do, because there's only one thing that it can do, you know, unless it's a terrible movie. Yeah. But there's only one we're, thing we're it can all, do. I think a lot of people are going to have their arms crossed when they go in yeah. with an attitude of yeah. kind of, okay, let's see. Yeah. That, I think a lo- same, that's certainly the attitude. Batman versus a lot of people yeah, showed up for those prequels and they got dressed up. They saw all of them yeah. multiple anybody, times. Anybody old enough to remember seeing the prequels and being disappointed by them will come into this movie with a lot of skepticism. Yeah. There might be younger people who weren't around for the prequels or maybe right. too young so that they actually like the prequels. They might be excited for this and be along for the ride the entire time, but will be very cynical. It, the movie has a lot of convincing to do. That's the thing, like cynicism is in style now, Yeah. as my whole career speaks to. But yeah. I just, it's its a strange mentality. Like we didn't go to the movies in 1977, cynics. I mean, no. we were kids then, Yeah. but now everyone's gonna, even kids, you know, seven and eight year olds already have that cynicism and they're gonna be bringing it into the movies with yeah, them. Yeah, 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 I know. And we're so spoiled with so many Fantastic looking things now. It's uh, I think it's well, going to take a lot more than just fantastic. I mean, look at Man from Uncle. It's a fantastic looking movie, but it's meaningless. I think it's just uphill too, fighting against TV so much because I get so much satisfaction yeah. from TV. I get yeah. everything I need. I can just watch 
on my iPad, mm -hmm. on Netflix. I can get it. I can get some. I can get satisfactions there that I can't get from movies. I don't. But, but we have these characters that so much more could be done and told with them, and that's that's also why the comic book movies do work. You know, they, they aren't done yet. They have a lot of story that they can get into, uh, and I feel like. We do want new, and maybe TV is the, the source for a lot of that new, but we also, we want to see these stories embellished and, and told in visual ways that we haven't ever been able to do before because technology wasn't ready for it. Yeah. And now, now they can, but it needs to be more than just technology up on display. It needs to be more than just style. It needs to be emotionally hitting the notes as well. And, you know, I'm... I well, really people I, will cry at the end of The Force Awakens because why? a certain character dies. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I won't say who. Yeah. <laughs> but we all know who's going to die in this movie because he would have cost too much for the other ones. Oh, shut up. <laughs> who? Mark Hamill? That'll be a really sad scene. Oh, you're a son of a bitch. I, you know what? You know who's going to die in my dreams? Oh, I, I think they died 30 a long years. time ago. Oh, Blake, raspberries to you. Okay, man, it's Friday. Can but, you be nice? We had, a, we had a leak of some stuff, right? Like, what's happened? Yeah, a picture of Mark Hamill behind the scenes. <sighs> yeah. Leaked. He looks just like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Why yeah. do you look at these things? Because it's my job. Yeah, it's the job. we got to keep up with all this. No, it's not like, right, who, who some, knows uh, if it's fake or Batman not? Batman stuff as well up on set. Uh, oh, no, there was a leaked photo of Black Panther on the oh, set yes. of Cap yeah, 3. Yeah, yeah. And it looks... From the spy photos, this is why spy photos are a bad thing. It yeah. looks really cheeseball. Yeah. But you have to look at, you have to imagine how it's going to look on camera with the right lighting and, yes. and color timing and everything. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it does the, look cheeseball, but it also looks authentic to the yeah. comic yeah. Uh, costume design. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Who's Black Panther? He's in, in Chadwick he's the, Boseman. He's in, he's going to be in. He's uh, unveiled he's an in African Civil War. Superhero. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. What kind of name is that? <laughs> You're gonna know all these these dudes. I, no, I don't want to. Spider-Man is gonna be in Civil War. No, Han Solo's old. <laughs> and soon to be yeah. deceased. Happens to all of I us. I think it'd be fun if Chewbacca had gray hair. Yeah, why didn't yeah. they give him gray hair? That's what I was. Like expecting. they could have dusted it. Of years old. It would have been. Yeah, it would have been too obvious. He's so handsome still. Yeah. You think Peter Mayhew's in here? In there? He is. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> he must be hundreds of years old he's, at this point. He's in his seventies, but he's a very frail guy because of how tall he is. So he had to. Uh, they like that's get, when he passes on, they could get Sean Ramjag Singh to play Chewbacca. Dude. <laughs> and he could carry ketchup. Full circle right there. He could spill, back. He could spill ketchup <laughs> on Darth Vader. <laughs> anyway, it's been really fun. Any, any uh, comments or questions? Yeah, I have a few more questions here from people. Okay. Uh, Dirty Thanks for watching, everybody, by the way. We appreciate this very much. Thank Dirty you. Banana 77, <laughs> who, uh, who I play Grand Theft Auto online with sometimes and I kicked his ass the other day okay. in a race. All right, so take it offline. Just yeah. so everyone knows. Uh, he asks, how many people does it take to make EP? Uh, how many people does it take to make EP? Yeah, 25. Uh, <laughs> 30? So we make it with 10. Yeah, we uh, we have a small team. There's there's uh, 10 sort of Oh, if you're counting people, your people on the outside. It's... But we also have contributors, yes. So uh, right now we have about 16 or 17 people that are oh, all I th contributing. I thought it was more than that. But, uh, no, we've got uh, well. It takes four. It takes thousands because the viewers have to watch. The viewers have to watch. The show wouldn't happen with Blake. I'm going to come over there and beat you with your toupee. We also have to include the um, the companies that we work with because they you know, grant right. us access to a lot of stuff. That's enough. But the uh, yeah, it's the ten core people I think put uh, most of this stuff together. Okay. Um, Lavar 009. Mm -hmm. I guess 008 must have been taken. Yeah. Um, Vic, are you going to play Rock Band 4 or Guitar Hero Live? I don't I, know why he assumes that that's mutually exclusive. Yeah, I'll I be mean, playing play both, both of them to check them out, but I'm not excited. And, and I, I hate to say that, but I, I not just excited. am not. I mean, we're still dealing with the, the is it Detrius? 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 Detritus. Detritus? I don't right? know. I don't know, buddy. All right. I had a stroke. Okay. <laughs> we're Could still you use dealing. it in a sentence, please? Uh, we're, well, detrius, debris. It's not detrius, for sure. You sure? I'm detrius. sure. Detriment? Yeah. No, no the, just forget uh, it. It's the, it. It's the word that, you know, meaning mess. We're dealing with the mess of moving because <laughs> it, it takes a long time to deal with all this stuff. 
and I just see these goddamn plastic <laughs> instruments everywhere, yeah. and we got to get rid of them. So you know, we will you know give them to people and stuff that we know uh, in our circles of uh, of uh, family and friends and stuff. But it, there, I, we just have so many of these things already, and I'm not looking forward to a whole bunch of new ones. For sure, the the fun of the play is still very valid, and and even when I play Rock Band three with my family, it's like this is awesome. That you know, you can see why you would want to always have this stuff connected but yeah I, I was more of a rock band person than a guitar hero person but I'm happy that you can sing in Guitar Hero. I, I'm looking forward to Guitar Hero Live. Yeah. I got to play it when the, at the announcement event in New York because mm -hmm. I got to go to New York because I'm a high roller. and uh, <laughs> Baller. I, I, I was impressed by the live action-ness of it. I yeah. think the, the fact that it is live action, but it responds almost in real time to how you're playing. There's a resurgence in this live action stuff with her story, and there was another yeah. uh, detective thing or something like some or some spooky live action thing. Out yeah, there I think you're, it's Five Nights at Freddy's. Or there's and that too. Yeah, there is this live action kind of thing. It's also cheaper than making computer graphics, I guess, which right. is expensive. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Danko yeah. Tooney yeah. wants to know. Has Vic or Scott ever played a freemium app that they have spent money in and are embarrassed to admit it? Mm, I'm not embarrassed. I, pay, I paid some money on uh, King's Road, and we've talked about this a little bit. I like show. spending money on games. If, yeah, if a game... Like, Roberto's the one. She's so cheap. Well, yeah, but if a game... Even she is... She never... She spent no. money on Fallout Shelter. If a game, like, locks up your time and you really feel like you're getting value from it, But we, okay. we visit developers, and I want these guys to eat and make more games. Sure. So if you're enjoying something, for sure I want to give them money. Yeah. I remember what, the first time I ever did that was with Field Runners, yeah. which I got so much value from, totally. and I was so happy to give these guys money. What did money. you spend on in there? More levels or something? No, I mean, it just you just paid for the, the game itself, okay. I think. So uh, I was happy. Yeah, like Crossy that was Road is an amazing mobile game that's free. Yeah. I, I paid ninety nine cents for a robot character, and I don't I, like this. I don't like people going around like, let me play what I can for free. You know, read some reviews, you pick know, it's a game. Not the people, man, it's the business that said freemium is the. Way I know. To do I'm it. just. I'm, they're all regretting all it. Now. Of it all of it. It's a whole. It's a horrible trend. They they are regretting it. People that said, yeah, we should go for freemium because it's you know this is the way of the future. A lot of those studios are having real financial difficulties right now. They've they've scaled back. They've shut down. This is that's such a tricky model to keep getting right. You can maybe do well with one or two games, but then how do you sustain that? And how do you keep people employed when we're training people to not be cheap as hell? To not ever think of games. Training as them to be cheap as hell. That's you know, right. You know, exactly right. The, there's no value. This is all stuff that Water was was uh, warning us about. I think in 2009 he was or. Or whenever to 2010 at GDC when he did the keynote there, he was saying, you know, games have value and they should not be disposable and thrown away like that. So yeah, I mean, if I feel like there is value in the game, I have no qualms about spending the dough. But I, I don't mind spending money on anything that mm -hmm. I really anxiously want to consume. Yeah. Like I don't have any problem with it. I don't. I mean, maybe because I don't have a family, I don't have any. You know, and I'm a super rich TV star. <laughs> uh, but I really I get pleasure from spending money. Like that satisfies my consumer itch. I wish that the, we had done the two dollar price point was the was the Low, bottom the lowest. You know, I really do because then. Every game there would be a exchange of goods for, and you would have a sense of uh, completion in that transaction. You would know what you got. I, I think the slippery crap that's out there, where you know you don't know how much you can actually enjoy in this thing until you've spent some time in it, and then you feel a little of that compulsion loop, but you're also feeling you know cheated by the by the ask for money. How many people does that piss off a day? How many people play? A mobile game that they kind of like mm -hmm. until they they get poked because they they didn't have this extra doodad that they should have bought. How many people say, "Okay, fuck this, I'm not playing any more games. I'm going back to Bejeweled," you know? Mm -hmm. Like honestly, that must happen countless times every single day, mm -hmm. where they could be converting on new customers and growing the business and saying, you know, if it, if everything was two bucks, which is less than half the price of a Starbucks coffee, that's totally fair. And you get the full game. I mean, we also live in an, an 
age where we have things like Kickstarter, yeah. where people can invest in projects that may or may not happen. Yeah. Uh, and so I do think that there are two sides of the consumer sector. I think there is the side that, want, that is ready to invest in anything that they're excited about. Yeah. Then there's the other side, like, <laughs> like Roberto, where just seeing what games are available for free, and that's the beginning and end of the amount of money she's going to spend well, on games. I, I mean, it's an important part of the conversation right now because so much of development is focused on that. You know, so I, I agree, though. Like that, That's such a terrible that. precedent. Everyone's just like, well, we're free. And then everyone else is like, now, now what do we do? I guess we're free too. And That's, then everybody's free. You can feel it. You can feel that shrug of like, okay, I guess this is what the business is now. Why isn't 99 cents low enough? Why do we have to go free? I know. Every game should have yeah. a price tag on it. Absolutely. You and can you try it for a minute and then it goes away. Like even if you yeah. listen to a song in iTunes, yes. you hear, hear like 45 seconds of it before you decide to buy it. I know. I wonder if it'll change again. I wonder if people will just get burnt it, out. Or everything's going to change. But I don't know about this. We're going to be wearing Oculuses in a minute. I mean, what games are doing now, you know this, is that they are coming out for free, but they're spending millions and millions and millions of dollars to try to generate players because they know that on some of those conversions, like 1% of those conversions, they're going to get a whale. Get, well, they're a whale or they're going to get somebody that's paying on a regular basis, which is tragic. I mean, they're spending well, on, on marketing, they're spending on, they're, they're paying people to play their stuff is what they're doing. As opposed to... I like those commercials with the war game with the I woman know. with the big boobs. <laughs> well, those are yeah. working apparently. Yeah. But for how long? I don't even know what game it is. Yeah. That's Kate Upton. Uh, hi, Kate. Yeah. Okay, uh, Jean Nichols wants to know, are we excited for the Hitman movie? No. The new one. Truth no! Not the one from 2007. Truthfully? I'll tell you, the only thing that encourages me about that movie is that they, I like Homeland. I like that show. That's a good show. Have you seen any Homeland yet? That's a good series. Uh, but uh, No! Yeah, the guy that plays Pete on Homeland is the new agent. Pete 47. on Homeland. He's 47. And he's good. So, that good choice there, but we'll see if this movie's any good. Here comes I, an old wheelchair. <laughs> I have an interesting observation about this film. Yeah. Oh, I boy. was downloading and watching the uh, EPK for Hitman 47 today. An EPK, for those who don't know, is an electronic press kit. It's basically they send you the trailers and clips and behind-the-scenes footage yeah. that you can use when you talk about the movie. Yeah. I was looking at a, a scene from the movie. It had Zachary Quinto in a car. Mm-hmm. And I go through the clips and I kill the, I, it has multiple audio tracks, so I, I delete the, the music track so that we can put our own music over it. Yeah. And I was just listening to the, to the audio track and it was echoey. And I'm like, oh, that's weird, because usually when that happens it's because there's two audio tracks. And I realized, oh, it's echoey because it's Zachary Quinto in a car and they're using his actual audio from the car. Like on set. And right. that's why it sounds echoey, because he's in a car. Yeah. They didn't, but th that movie was too cheap to get him into a sound recording booth and re-record his lines. Oh, but are you sure that's not, that's just, you know, pre-post-production it, it might be, but if that's the type of movie they're making, a movie that's that, mm. that it just, it seemed noticeably cheap to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How it do you get excited if you're making a, a movie about a, a video game series like this, about a bald guy who looks like Steve Tilly with a red tie on and some leather gloves? <laughs> Like I don't like I don't know how anybody who's working on that would be excited. Like, well, this is a big step forward in my I career. I think it's a stupid franchise to turn into a movie. Yeah. Because the whole point of the games is that you're the hitman and you get to decide how you're going. Like the yeah, environments are so yeah, it's so interactive. A, B, that yeah, right. It's, but for the sure, there's lots of research decide, right? that they did before they decided to greenlight. <laughs> They did, for did sure. Was say, how much money did these games make? Okay, let's exploit that. And how many people have bought these games? But I don't, I mean, there isn't a new Hitman game out right now. I don't and know. And it's lost coming, steam. Though. There's one coming. Yeah, there's the, sni there's the sniper one out there right now. I don't know why we don't try new fucking things. Why do we keep doing this shit? Who cares? Like, what a bunch of shit this is. That they're just Why are we making a license? goddamn movie about Hitman? Who cares? Come up with a new story. We can sit here for five minutes and come up with a story. Like it's not that hard. Well, it's because of the money. I know that why it they do it. I know. Market something that makes me sad. I know, but that's the we're in a crowded world, and it's not just people. It's not just 
things to watch and do. This but is why people there are too many characters. This is that why are out there right people now. are staying home and watching TV because it's more authentic and it's more yeah, interesting. But, and yeah. new ground is being broken. Look at, at one, the movies, look at one of the shows that came out this year was, uh, you know, uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah, Did we bad. need that? No. Did we need that? We don't need a lot of things. Right. No, I know. I, I know. need you though. I, I know what you're saying, but it's it's tough for people. To, hello. It's tough for people. We're making this creepy at the end. Yep. <laughs> it's tough for people that are financing these things to just say, yeah, carte blanche, just dream up something, baby. Let's go for it. I feel like yeah. you smell good. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Okay, so. Uh, All right, right that's the most the physical interaction you've had this it's, week. We're over to the one hour limit, aren't we? So we will be reviewing Hitman Agent 47. Absolutely. It, will, it comes out next week. Our yeah. review will be. I can give you my score show. now. <laughs> I give it a 4.7 out of 10. <laughs> Might not be Scott going to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Marissa, enjoy. <laughs> so, uh, so to wrap up, what are we watching and playing this weekend? Okay, um, uh, I'm taking a break from Splatoon. I leveled up like crazy. Uh, I'm going to be playing more Witcher though, I, and more Rare Replay, and more uh, and more Mega Man. What are you going to be playing? Uh, I am about to get on an airplane. Yes, and uh, I have my 3DS with me. Mm -hmm. Oh, the 3D on the new one is quite impressive. Yes, it is. Uh, I just downloaded Mr. Robot, because we're going to review that on the show. Yeah. I, and uh, uh, so I got the whole series, and and uh, I don't, that's it. That's okay. it. I, I might do some reading. Gaming. I might and do some, some reading. And some reading. Books. Yeah. I think I'm going to steal the uh, Office Wii U yeah. for the weekend and take it home and place the new stuff for, for uh, Splatoon. Very good idea. Because that game's a lot of fun. A very fun game. Thanks for watching, everybody. Vic's Basement would like to thank its sponsors, EB Games, Nintendo, Xbox, and Gameloft, makers of Dragon Mania Legends, which you can play for free right now.